0: By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
1: You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network, and now... Lucha Central Weekly.
2: La
1: la gente loca de la emoción. La la gente loca de la emoción. los
3: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Each week, our team discusses news and events from this past week as well as preview the week ahead, covering Mexico-based promotions and top independents along with Luchador-related news from from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, PodBay, and Speaker. I'm Miranda Morales, one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, and let's bring in the rest of the team. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how's it going?
4: It's going fantastic. How's it going for you, Miranda?
3: It is going really, really well. Happy, happy to be here. And of course, we cannot do this show, just the two of us. We have to do it just with our third member of this trio, and that's who 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 it is the one and only Brendan Barr
2: that's who hey so those those little pauses that we that Miranda sneaks in, and I sneak in all the time. that's how you know we're doing this for you live every week. There's no <laughs> yeah. pre recorded stuff in there. We do this live for you guys every week, so uh. I mean, you know, enjoy our little our little foibles just like I did right there. We got right. this.
3: <laughs> I know. As much <laughs> as I've done, it, I mean, we've been doing this now for over a year, and yeah, even sometimes I still get tongue-tied in my own words. We get little tongue-tied. We, you know, hop and skip a little bit. But you're right. That is the beauty of recording this live. We joke about how it will be edited in post. It will not. Uh, <laughs> None of this is edited in post other than the inclusion of our commercials uh, because, you know, we've got to pay some bills. But, yes, this is all real for you, twenty four seven, three six five, realness that we are bringing you.
2: Absolutely.
3: Yes. Yep. So uh, if this was a category, and I've been watching way too much Pose, maybe that's why. The category is three hundred and sixty five. 24 realness. Uh, This is the category that we're walking in But no Again gentlemen always a pleasure To be doing this show with you Always a pleasure for those who are listening We thank you so much for your Continued support and for listening To this show already a year And we are so happy to do this Every week we hope You get a lot of great information From this show and maybe Learn a thing or two And with that what you'll learn the most, probably out of the whole show, is what we present in the road back to shows, and that's the royalty re- we,
2: not the, not,
3: not the real <laughs> we. Cause this is, this is Brendan's part. Brendan, go ahead and take it away with the road back to shows. You
2: guys help me frequently, so yes, I yeah. Mean, but
3: I mean that's
2: uh, <laughs> I, that, I
3: like. It. Dusty helps a lot more, so it's like it's you, <laughs> not even we. That's the problem. I said we, and I'm like the person, you know, I'm like towards the bottom of, you know, what I provide for this. So I did provide a piece of information for this week's. I am looking at the rundown, and there is one thing I did help with.
2: You you, you helped with, and actually, there's a couple of things, but yeah. Uh, so uh, we're going to start with our, our, our great great news. Mexico City's still yellow. Um, I mean, we can't, they can't. We can't have shows unless we're at yellow or better. It was originally going to be unless we were at green or better, but you know, the, the, the over a year of lockdown and standards change a little bit. But here we are. We're gonna have. We have fans. We'll be talking about that, that more this week. CMLL had fans this week. AAA's making plans for fans. IWRG never stopped having fans. Naughty, naughty. Uh Just. Um, you know, so we're, we're in good space there. Um, but I, 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 uh, I knew there was a reason I mentioned IWRD on this, but we also had an interesting news story this week where there was a, uh, outdoor show in Mexico City, uh, where a luchador by the name of Einar Elvig, uh, violently threw a child to the ground outside the ring after the match now they the footage is out there for you to watch there's a couple of different angles uh basically the kid was, was tackling him and that was kind of his defense for a hot minute was the kid said mean things to me but uh <laughs> it's a child, <laughs> it's a child. And this wasn't like a playful throw or anything, because I've no, seen
4: other, yeah.
2: yeah, I've seen other wrestlers and luchadors who will fake doing things, to, you know, like they'll pick the child up and they'll pretend to throw the child, and usually the kid will be laughing the whole time, and they'll just set him back down and pretend like they're being really mean to the kid, even though the kid's probably having the time of his life. This was not that. Uh <laughs> uh this was definitely not that. Yeah, it was a lot uh, lot meaner, a uh, lot more uh, intent.
4: <laughs> <laughs> there is um, a
3: saying that we have in Spanish, Quiet or te calles?
4: Uh-oh.
2: <laughs> that's,
3: that's Quiet or I'll, or uh, be quiet, or I'll make you be quiet. Is oh, essentially yeah. the. the
2: <laughs> no, my parents said that. Yes. Exactly.
3: Calm us or te calm Like, calm down, or I'm gonna calm you down. Like that. That's yeah. very much what that feels like.
2: I, except that uh, a luchador is not the person that should be. Parenting a child at, at an event. But anyway. Yeah, it takes anyway. a village,
3: apparently. It takes a village. <laughs> Sorry, this is not funny, but this is also really fun. like it's, just,
4: it's, dark it's humor.
2: It's Starkeeper, it it yes. It is this okay.
4: Starkeeper portion of the show. I have no kids, so that's also
3: why. <laughs> but we do not condone. Here are the members of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast and those on luchacentral.com yes. do not condone uh you know a- any kind of uh violence or mistreatment of children especially if they are not your own uh you know we, we you know respect uh parents and how they decide to or not to um you know manage their children but no one should be putting their hands on kids especially if the argument is oh he was being mean to me you are a grown man yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Like
2: her, whose job it is to throw people around and not hurt them so yeah, your, she...
3: <laughs> your job is to throw other grown men around not children
2: uh but uh, yeah uh it's a little bit okay to laugh at this because the child is mostly okay i mean he, they did take him to the hospital he did have some bruises and some you know like but he's a kid he, he's bouncing back just fine he even got a visit from two very special clowns uh one of them by the name of dave the clown and the other one by the name of monster clown right. i'm not sure that i would want monster clown to visit me in the hospital i mean dave's scary enough but
3: but the <laughs> kids love him that's that's <laughs> also the strange thing about this two scary clowns visited him in the hospital and he was fine so this whole story yeah. <laughs> is making less and less sense as you go through it
4: i i believe psycho clown <laughs> made a solo visit too
2: i i uh, could not confirm that one. So I did hear that, but I couldn't confirm it. Um, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> Psycho Clown would be the icing on the cake, especially yeah. for, such, for a kid He's such there. a nice guy.
3: Nice, <laughs> scary clown.
2: <laughs> um, so, so the reason that I was saying this was kind of an interesting tie-in though is because the Mexico City Lucha Libre Commission held a press conference to talk about the whole situation. They said the promoter of the show where the incident pl- took place didn't have a license to promote and Einar himself didn't have a Mexico city license to wrestle. Mm. Uh, so, you know, it just, you run into weird things and this is why secret shows are bad because then you get child throwing Vikings on the show and, you know, it bad things happen. So, uh, Again, stay safe and sane. Follow your your guidelines of the show for shows. The 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 government is maybe looking for a little bit of a payoff, but they're also trying to protect the the kids at the very least. So, um but again, I'm I'm happy that the kid is doing well. I'm happy that the kid Man, if I could get Monster Clown to visit me in the hospital after I had an accident. I mean, yeah, he's a scary clown, but it would also be like I I I'd probably be pretty cool. Pretty good. Yeah,
4: they probably also cut off your supply of uh, pain pills. <laughs>
2: fair, yeah. very fair. Well,
3: now we got dark. Okay, uh. um. <laughs> now it's dark. We <laughs> oh, can after dark. Let's just, let's All right, Jack. Hi, Jackie.
2: <laughs> well, I I chose to start with quite probably the most ridiculous story in all of wrestling, not just Lucha Libre this week, and that's I mean anybody who follows wrestling knows that's that's a pretty tough uh, claim to stake, but I have <laughs> I have confidence in this one. Um, I'm gonna move on though. We we've got some more news on Andrade. He's he's doing more things with indie dates and and doing. Bigger and better, well I don't know about bigger and better, he's doing more things. Uh, he added a show date in June 12th in Anaheim of all places and at first I was super excited by this match because they did some classic carny book, carny advertising where they showed Andrade and El Hijo del Santo on a poster and uh, I was like, Wow, I'm, I was already pricing tickets to, to get to Anaheim on the 12th. I was like, can I fly, can I fly there? How expensive is this going to be? Turns out it's actually going to be a trios match with them on either side. Uh, Hio Dosento is going to have Mysterioso, which is the California based one we've been seeing on New Japan and Ray Leone on his, his team. Um, by the way, a shout out to Ray Leon. He's the first person that made me a lucha themed mask uh, during the COVID lockdowns. So he's he's a good guy and uh, a very stylish looking individual. So if you are in Anaheim and you see him, tell him to you know give him a big old thumbs up, and he's probably he'll probably sell you some masks. Uh, and then you have Andrade on the other side, uh, Pileto Suicida, and Samurai VIP. Uh, so that's, I mean, it's a pretty good looking trios match. Suicida is somebody I've seen in person at the, uh, Expo Lucha. Obviously, you have and- Andrade and Hijo del Santo on either side of that, so you really can't go wrong with it. And it, it's kind of value price, too. Uh, that was like between 50 and 100 bucks for a ticket when I was looking, so not terrible. Um and then they also added Andrade versus Caristico on 711 uh which is uh only been announced by Andrade's Twitter so my take that with like that yeah but who knows um moving to other other uh political Themes, Uh real quick here, uh, Tinny Abelis had a press conference because he is still running for government. I believe it was a mayor's position. I've, I mean, I've so lost track of all the things he's doing these days. But he was at the press conference. Somebody tried to ask him what special considerations he would do to protect the LGBTQ community. He kind of fumbled with his answer, eventually said something to the effect of he would create a panel to look at no women's rights so it became, he wasn't sure what was going on and then later after the press conference conference was over he said that he couldn't hear the question very clearly because he was doing the interview but unfortunately it uh first impressions there are what are going to stick so people may have have questions about this but you know Um, he's still sticking with it. He's still pretending to be running for, for office. He's the only one everybody else dropped out. Maybe because they were hoping to avoid questions like this. Uh, uh, and then, so we'll just move right into Federation wrestling. Uh, the, the, because of Andrade and all that, uh, they have announced Kenny King is going to be on the card. Uh, he's going to, uh, he's going to be in the, uh, in the cup, I believe is what they said. I I didn't take my notes on that, but they're teasing one more Ingo Bernable on there. Uh, Dusty and I were joking about this. There's, the math on this is pointing to one particular person, but they haven't announced him officially yet. So stay tuned. Maybe we will uh, will be right. We'll tell you if we were right or if we were yeah. surprised. Ah, uh, exciting. The one. The thing that was surprising to me was that Diamante Azul has now been announced as not being on the show. So, uh, he was, it was lo- largely considered in Lucha Circles that he was taking the job, uh, he, he left CMLL because of promotions like Federation. Like he, he had it in pretty sweet with CMLL. He was getting pushed on the card pretty well and doing, you know, doing decent work there. So uh, it's a little surprising that they took him off. They said they're going to replace him with somebody of equal or greater value but haven't announced who it is yet. Um, so, again, stay tuned on that, although it was very weird announcement altogether. And then our breaking Federation news, like this happened while we were doing show prep, uh, they put up a social media post today saying, That they are looking for uh, sponsors and advertisers. So you know, if you are looking to get your name on a in a big national Mexican promotion, maybe you should uh, get on there in their inboxes and and, uh, start talking to them. Um, And then the last thing I've got for the indie roundup is we've got uh, a. GCW has announced uh, Game Changer Wrestling. For those of you who don't know, I had to be sure that that's what it stood for, cause that also sounds like, you know, global or anything else. But Game Changer Wrestling, the fairly big indie promotion here in the States, has announced that in July 18th, they're going to go to Mexico, and they're going to have a, a, a card called, where they're versus Zona 23 Wrestling. Uh, this is, uh, going to be insane. Uh, we, we've talked before, Miranda's coined the term of like Texas lucha libre, which is a little more rough and a little more, uh, brawling style. This is beyond that. I don't, many people, when I mention I'm into lucha libre, uh, to wrestlers, they'll always ask me if I've seen the stuff where people fight in a, uh, in, in a parking garage or at a car lot or in the yeah and that's zona 23 they are they 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 don't i don't think they even pretend to have a ring i think they just have everybody sitting on the cars uh in a certain designated area and then there's other cars that are designated body slams and pile drivers and that's what you get and it's insane and uh GCW is not shy about death matches either, so who knows. I mean, I'm expecting a car that's surrounded by, by, uh, light tubes at this point, And then they're just gonna roll it over somebody. Like that's... <laughs> but, uh, they also, when I was looking at their announcements, they also have, they're doing a whole, like, versus thing where they're traveling around. So they're gonna go to, uh, uh, on Friday, the... the Friday 7-9 at uh, 8 p.m. They're going to be doing a live stream on Fight, which is uh, Fight Night GCU versus Loco Wrestling, which is a Houston-based uh, indie promotion that seems to feature more luchadors, and uh, Ares, the luchador, is going to be on that card as well. So GCW on uh, on Fight... Or oh, and on IWTV, maybe a place where you can catch some more indie. I will be, uh, or some more lucha. I will be uh, keeping an eye on it to let you know. Uh, so that is the, uh, road back to shows. We'll, uh, bring us over to the indie roundup now, where I have some stuff from IWG. We had a match which basically degraded into a brawl and people were DQ'd and all of that. But it was at the top of the card and there were a lot of big names on it. and it was pretty exciting. Uh, you had A.S. Char- Charo and Supernova against Demonio Infernal and Fresario Jr., who, again, we've talked about a lot lately. They're going to be on that Federation card. Uh, and Connect Jr. and Hijo del Fishman. Uh all in this giant brawl. Technically AS Charo and Supernova won, but I mean this is a lot of big names, big up and coming people. The the footage is out there. The the whole IWRG event was uh covered on Lucha Central, so you can get all of the results. There were cards uh, six matches on the card. All of them look great top to bottom. Uh, I would be happy to talk about any of the, the matches with anybody out there if you want to hit me up. Uh, I just am trying to save time by not talking about all of the, uh, the matches that everybody does so that I have time to talk about things like this. Uh, in Idaho, we had support all pro wrestling who flew in, uh, one of my friends, uh, Rook Kelly. We talked about him during the, uh, during names. just. Shot right out of my head uh, during an interview we did uh, where we were talking about uh, A.R. Fox's school. He is the graduate there. Um, anyway, so he has some a little bit of lucha training, which is why I get to uh, to tease him a little bit about this. He rolled wrestled against Samurai Del Viento. Uh, he got the win. Congratulations, Rook, on your but you, sir, are a notorious meanie face because you took the luchador's mask off and you just shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's how that happened. He took the guy's mask off, rolled him up for the pin. The referee did not disqualify Rook. So I'm blaming the referee for this. But uh, Rick, uh, Rook got a, a cheaty win. Hopefully that sets up a... Uh, another another match where samurai del viento will get uh will get the chance to regain his honor um but very cool i and i'm uh super excited that uh support all pro wrestling was was booking both of these guys thank you for that that's uh they're based out of idaho like i said so thank you for giving me the information and hopefully we'll have more from more smaller indies in the coming weeks
3: We will give Brendan's information out uh, at the end of the show, but you guys know, uh, you can reach out to us on social media and let us know if you are an independent wrestling promotion or wrestler or fan, let us know what's happening um, and, and which promotions are running Lucha Libre shows or even just a Lucha Libre match within a show, we're happy to cover it.
2: Yeah, Absolutely.
3: Thank you, Brendan, for this week's Indie Roundup and The Road Back to Shows. Right now, we're going to kick it to Denise Salcedo, who brings us this week's
0: Lucha Central Central. Say goodbye.
1: Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the Podcast Network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Math, Mats and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at luchacentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday nights live, it's Wrestle Boss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener Collins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show, La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez, as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. easy feed. And please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragón. Go to lucha-masks.com and fight lucha strong with masks from your favorite lucha legends and pro wrestling revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution.
3: And as always, a big thank you to Denise Alcedo who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central, letting you know what's happening throughout the Lucha Central podcast network. Up next, Dusty has a triple update, possibly regarding seeing more of Marvel Lucha in AAA.
4: Yeah, well, Alejandro Montes, AAA's vice president of marketing, recently appeared at a press conference in Mexico, and he kind of released that AAA... Well, first, he wove a narrative that was very strange about AAA somehow rescuing Lucha from having been a bloody, grimy mess in the arenas and turning it into okay. superheroes and role models that could be looked up to, which was pretty much the same narrative that Vince oh. McMahon used with WWF in the
2: 80s. Like, that was kind of the same thing. Wow. Yeah.
3: Okay.
4: All right. But,
2: I find that even harder to believe than Vince's lies, but okay, yeah. keep going. <laughs> yeah, well, that's
4: just it. But we do see, you know, like some of the fruits of that now with Disney and Funko. They're tied in with AAA, and uh, Mr. Montez revealed that the first Marvel Lucha Libre show was scheduled for April 2022, and that 20 different Marvel Lucha Libre characters will be involved. Now, 20 characters is more than we know about. That's about six more than are known at current time. Seven luchadores have appeared in a triple-A ring, Arachno, Venenoide, Leyenda Americana, Terror Papura, Astrea Cosmica, Picadora Letal, and Arana Voladora. And seven more have been revealed through merchandising, and those characters include Wolverine, Loki, Deadpool, amongst others. But it's pretty safe to say we'll be seeing a Marvel Lucha Libre match at Triple Mania this year. But based on everything he kind of said, we may be seeing some new characters debut as well. So it'll be kind of interesting. And also during the press conference, Mr. Montez revealed that Triple-A will be adding fans to their identity of Lucha Tour. It's currently taking place over the summer. It's all outdoors it's looking like the first show back announced to have fans is the July 2nd Outdoor Show in Toluca, and they'll be running at around 35% capacity for the show. So we're almost back to having AAA fans at AAA shows again, and so that's a good sign for you know, fans showing up for Triple Mania. It's obviously they're selling tickets now, but there's still been some questions of how many, and so it's looking like 35% will probably be the number.
2: Right, which is pretty standard with what the government said it should be when we were at Green back in the day when Green was the, the goal so yeah. fairly consistent mm-hmm. um, so Dusty you said very quickly the names of, of people that were in you said the names of the, the wrestlers we knew in Spanish but you gave us the names of the English one and there's one in particular that I think listeners need to hear which is the name of Deadpool um, which I believe was uh Chimichanga of Death is yeah is how chi- Chimichanga yeah. de la Muerte.
4: Yeah.
2: Oh, that's perfect.
3: That's perfect, actually. If anyone knows anything about Deadpool for his love of Chimichangas, uh, I, I'm just now sad that that's not the real Death. <laughs> that's that's not his real name, Chimichanga de la Muerte. Is that okay? I'm yeah. down for that.
2: Right? I I really enjoyed the creative branding they did with these and that yes. is my favorite of all of them because it encapsulates. Is
3: very this... important.
2: <laughs> Well, because uh so people who aren't as up on this remember these aren't exactly the Marvel characters. Like mm-hmm. uh the Leander America, the Captain America equivalent, is not he's not the Marvel universe Captain wow. America. He's, he's a guy that...
3: Inspired by. Exactly. Like... Right. Yeah, it's inspired by these Marvel characters.
2: Yeah. yeah. By ...than they are the, the, the characters, which is why you'll get some of these differences. But um, just trying to... Sorry, Dusty, I don't mean to, no, to yeah. hijack
3: you. <laughs> We're just hijacking each other's stuff this week. That's the theme.
0: Hijack.
4: <laughs> Oh, I love it. It's a community effort, group effort. Yeah.
3: Well, Dusty, if you don't mind taking us through this week's AEW. It's a crazy week for AEW. Of course, we have Double or Nothing, but also some programming notes and changes uh, that make it, you know, kind of uh, challenging for us to cover it this week.
4: Yeah. This week, AEW Dynamite is on Friday. So the go-home show for Double or Nothing Friday night on TNT because of the NBA schedule. And this will – so we won't have the results. as time we record this. We don't have the results. But we'll have them next week, and we'll also have the results for Double or Nothing. But for now, at least we have the best of the rest. So, first up is our highlight match for Monday night's Dark Elevation. Penta El Zero Miedo with Alex Abrahantes defeated Mike Seidel. Mike came out in the freshest 1990 LA Gear b- bicycle shorts that have ever been in AEW. <laughs> like, I- I- if you were alive then, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That's what he had on. That's
2: why I'm laughing. <laughs> But Penta
4: came out with pyro and his charisma, and he just looked like a star from the minute he stepped out of the tunnel. After taking charge early, Penta saw the tables turned a little. Mike Sidal got a surprising amount of offense in this match. Commentary really put over Penta as a star in this match, too, and a big deal, which I liked. Penta even got a This Is Awesome chant from the crowd before he hit the fear factor for the pin and got his 30th. Singles win in AEW. And then on Tuesday Dark, our highlight match was Angelico versus Ryzen. Ricky Starks says that Angelico's dance is his favorite dance ever. So that that's like a huge endorsement already. If Ricky Starks endorses you, you know that's a good thing. But that was about as good as commentary got. They mostly spent their time kind of clowning on Ryzen for some reason. And, yeah, I mean, like. It was, yeah, they, they got themselves over more than the match. It was mm-hmm. what it was. Ryzen ma- mocked Angelico's dance, and that threw off Angelico's rhythm there for a while. But after getting some offense in, Ryzen was in trouble because Angelico's a submission specialist, and he just kept hitting different holds on him. They'd break the hold with a rope break, but finally, he got the win with the Navarro death roll off of a failed moonsault from Ryzen, picked up the win. So it's interesting. Again, we've mentioned before, we're seeing more in Helico than we are TH2 or Jack mm-hmm. Evans. And mm-hmm. he's still got There's
2: the TH2 in- intro, but. There's been some rumors that maybe Jack has got a little bit of heat backstage, and that's why they're not using him as much. Um, mm-hmm. Knowing Jack Evans, uh, doesn't surprise me to hear <laughs> that he might have some heat backstage, but it's all rumors. Uh, I did want to say, having watched this, one of the things that I really love about Angelico's ma- matches is even though he's doing his stuff, it doesn't feel like you're watching the same match every week because he's hitting submissions, but he's not hitting the same submissions in every match. Like he did a different Navarro Deathlock in this one than he's done, I've ever done before. He's, I mean, he did more yeah, so every time I feel like I'm seeing something new, even though I'm I'm still just seeing him tie people up in pretzels, and that really keeps it fresh and very engaging for me. Which is why we keep talking about and Helico's matches on this show because mm-hmm. it's fun. Yeah, like he, <laughs> or at least that's,
4: yeah, he's got a great move set. He's serious about it. Like he went to Mexico City. He's from. If people don't know, he's from South Africa. And went to Mexico City to learn how to wrestle the lucha style and become the, you know, he trained with uh, Negro Navarro, learned the submissions. So, I mean, he's really serious about all of that, despite his kind of effortless and very swaggy intros and style. So it's really interesting to me, like that juxtaposition in his work.
2: That's part of why the fans in Mexico love to hate him. Like, he wasn't ever going to get beer bombs. Thrown at his head, but they love to boo him because he always comes out so cocky and arrogant, and then backs it all up with in the ring. So they they can't really hate him for being disrespectful because he's clearly loves the art, but at the same time, he's also just walking. You know, he's dancing, and while his partners walking around on his hands. I mean, you know, they're just. They are not your classic A Technicos <laughs> at all.
4: That's what I
2: love about them.
4: <laughs> but also this week in AEW, uh, we can preview the Double or Nothing a little bit. The news came out that Phoenix was allegedly injured and will not be participating in AEW. I say allegedly because they put out the the word that he was injured in a match in Mexico. But we all have the internet now, AEW, and we can't find any matches for Phoenix from Mexico <laughs> since February. And nope. since he's kind of located in the U.S., it, no word on any of it, it seems very unlikely we wouldn't know about it. So I don't want to say Phoenix is definitely going to show up at Double or Nothing, but I would keep my eye out. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, you know, I I'm mean, on-
2: just saying. saying, he's not gonna show. <laughs> I'm not saying that. Either. Yeah, that's. Oh man. Uh, yeah, to back that up more with the internet, like Phoenix is a guy who loves his Instagram, so he's gonna mm-hmm. tell people where he is. And if he's doing yeah. a show somewhere, he's gonna tell you he's doing that show. Yeah. Uh, Dusty, follow him on Instagram. Has he never said he was doing a show in Mexico, to your knowledge, right?
4: No. Not to my knowledge, yeah. I, I looked and couldn't find anything. couldn't Couldn't find any evidence of a match happening or having been announced since February.
2: Yep. Yeah. So. No. I, I just wanted just wanted to to point out to the people that there's this is really high. This isn't just like us other people said we we've done some of the homework on this one and like yeah which makes care. it very
3: curious as to that's the explanation why you know that they're giving um, it, it does make you wonder what are they what are they not saying you know it, it does sound like if they weren't going to use him like they weren't going to use him but to specifically say he's out der- to injury it, it's curious as to why they use that explanation over what really happened or could have been.
2: I'm not... Yeah.
4: Yeah, it's just just interesting.
2: So, so right now, the present state of things, if you're not out with an injury, it's COVID. And if it's COVID, then uh, there's no drama if you mysteriously show up. Just everybody's pissed off at you because you showed up when you had COVID. So... (laughs) Uh, that, that was the only thing I could think of is maybe they were just trying to, to make it so that if he does sh- come out of the stands or, or show up mysteriously at some point, it's more of that he shouldn't be here. He's hurt rather than why the heck are you here, Phoenix? You're sick. You're supposed to stay home. You're the good guy. Dude, think about this. So that's, that's my only thought on that. Yeah,
4: that's that's kind of what I've wondered too. I mean, like it's a more interesting time than ever, I guess, with the what could be going on and more possibility, I guess, than ever with the COVID situation. And so, who knows? I I think if we do see him involved in the show, we would more likely than not see him involved in helping Penta win the casino battle royale, because I just don't see Pack winning the title from Kenny Omega. And, But, you know, they there's also a lot of strong rumors, speaking of the Casino Battle Royale, that Andrade could be the mystery entrant. Mm-hmm. You know, one mm-hmm. entrant is yet to be named, and the Santo Day that Brendan mentioned earlier, that kind of proves that the 90 days from when um, yep. Andrade left wasn't – I mean, that's before the 90 days is up. And there was a rumor there was no 90. Well, he said there was no 90.
3: Yeah, he said there was no 90. So it absolutely could be because when you think about all kind of the major that that spot has notoriously been, you know, a big reveal. Mm -hmm. Um, so when you think about Mm -hmm. who's up in the, the quote unquote free market, um, you know, there's, there's, it's hard to think about who could be that, who could fill that spot.
2: Well, and again, as we talked about on the Road Back to Shows uh, in the last couple of weeks, there have been heavy rumors that he's been talking to AEW.
4: Mm-hmm. D- there have
2: and uh, and and at first we were like, no, probably not. But once we got this Triple Mania angle set uh the one of the best ways to get some real promotional heat on that would be to have him show up. So, I mean, if he's and if he's challenging for two belts, right? Like, imagine That's, that. We've mentioned know? that.
4: You know, why not challenge for all the belts? Why just challenge
2: for <laughs> two <Yeah. play? laughs>
4: And so this kind of helps that, you know, he's going each place, and he wants to challenge Kenny for each belt. It could be its own trilogy in a way that would be really interesting. Yeah. And it could be a way to get the belt on Andrade. He beats him for the... Triple-A belt, but loses for the AEW belt. I mean, it could be Mm -hmm. interesting. We'll see what happens. I, I think that's going to be a very, like you say, traditionally that's been an exciting debut, and so hopefully they'll continue that pattern. And also in debuts this week, Thunder Rosa got her first AEW shirt. And so that's a good step for her. Do you think this is a sign that we see her involved somehow in Britt Baker's match at Double or Nothing? They've kind of kept that separate just enough, but together just enough, too, that I I wonder if it could all play in somehow. Yeah,
3: I don't, I don't think so. I think we're going to see Britt Baker win clean um, for, for the women's title. And then after that, I think they're going to circle back around with Thunder Rosa. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I feel I I feel yeah. like that's gonna happen after Britt wins uh, the the women's championship.
2: I feel like next day is when we see the confrontation between yeah. Rosa and Britt Baker. Yeah,
3: totally agree.
4: Yeah, but like like we say, there's a lot of exciting stuff. Dynamite and Double or Nothing next week. Uh, Dynamite is on the fourth of June, I believe, and. The uh, Double or Nothing is on the fifth. Does that sound right to you guys? I just uh, have six uh, ye- twenty yes. twenty one. So <laughs> Okay. Well yeah, that sounds right to me too. And uh but yeah, check those out. We'll have the results next week on the show. And wait. Dynamite is on the twenty eighth. Yeah, Double or nothing yeah. is on the twenty ninth. And Dynamite next week is on the fourth.
3: Correct. There we yes. go. Yeah. And it'll be so, bumped
4: again next week. So I'll, we'll have this week's okay. Dynamite and Double or Nothing next week. See, we're live. I told you.
2: So <laughs> well, I also just missed. Go ahead. Wednesday 'cause Wednesday because the show's up Friday. But <laughs> just... Threw all my dates off. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but yeah, next week we'll have the results from Dynamite yes. and Double or Nothing for everybody. And they will be up immediately on LuchaCentral.com, so check out the results there, too, in the meantime. Yes.
3: Thank you, Dusty, for that. As you mentioned, the results are going to be available at LuchaCentral.com, so make sure you check them out. Up next, Brendan um, has some news from CMLL.
2: So once again, I screwed up, and I complained on the pay-per-view that I paid for. So. can Congratulations on getting CMLL. So uh, these results are from uh, a combination of Cubsman, uh, Blog, and Central. So I apologize if I gave something factually incorrect information on on the shows. I really wanted to watch this. I'm, I'm missing CMLL. In our first match of the night, though, we had Flyer and Stuka Jr. against Hiho Delviano... Uh, three, I believe that, uh, they refer to that as Tercia, but, um, I, again, I didn't watch, so I didn't get to make notes on the pronunciation. Uh, Hio Delviano three and Templario. Uh, this was a one fall match, which is a thing that has been happening in the undercard lately, and we will, I'll be referencing that later. Uh, Yeah. It was one fall match, Flock and they got the, got the win. Next we had the ladies, we had, uh, La Yarochita and Uvia against Princessa Sugiheat and Reina Isis. Uh, this was kind of a those Incredibles, kind of not, but you know, uh, again, one fall match, La Yarochita and Uvia got the win on that one. Uh, then we had the debuting, I believe this was their first in-ring televised match. I know they've had more matches, but, uh, Gamelio Diablo 1 and Gamelio Diablo 2, uh, with Hechicero. So this was a six-man match against And T tan Uh again, a little bit of a Relatives Incredibles, although I I barely count Hedge was or Rudo anymore. The fans love him. Uh, <laughs> the uh the the new guys got the win. Uh then um uh again this was this was the first two out of three falls. The Rudos I'm using air quotes around that. According to these notes, took falls one and three, uh and then uh match four. We had Atlantis uh, and Caver- Cavernario, Barbario, and Terrible against uh, Forastro, Negro, Casas, and uh, the Atlantis team took the, the second and third fall on this one. Atlantis was, in fact, a last-minute replacement. For Angel de Oro and Negro Casas also was replacing Cuatrero, so again this kind of comes out as technically a relevant Incredibles, but I mean it's also just like who's here and can go. So you know, um it's an interesting matchup. Anyway, I I uh, hope to see some footage of that. And then and and our main, we had Carístico, Euphoria, and Mystico again is Gran Guerrero, Ultimo Guerrero and Volador Jr. uh Caristico, Euphoria, Mystico got the win on this, but I think the real angle here is once again Euphoria and Ultimo Guerrero are are kind of having words with each other. They had some they had uh, well, reportedly they had more of the, the the heat spots in there where they're they were beefing with each other. Uh, so it, it kind of feels like they're, they're trying to set up a match with maybe even a mass versus mass, mass versus air match, I mean. Uh, but, uh, who knows? Who knows? It's CMLL. They also are kings of, uh, getting our expectations up and then never remembering what, what they were setting up when, uh, it, it comes down to it. But that was our, CMLL pay per view this week. They will be announcing another pay per view. It sounds like soon. This match, this did have fans. There were 500 fans in attendance for this, which is a very small crowd for Arena Mexico, but a very large crowd for the last year and a half. So, so, congratulations, guys. I I hope you had some beer and chips or something. But uh, that was that's our CMLL update. Thank you, Brendan.
3: But, you know, while you're at it, <laughs> will you give us our Mass Republic uh, update for the week? Uh, I'll be able to, to help out. I'm sure we all are because this is revolving around something we've been talking about for quite some time.
2: It's time to eat like a luchador. Like, yeah. seriously. It's, uh, it's, in, in, it's in stock at my comic book shop. It's a long way. I've never physically set foot in there because the, technically it's in another city. But <laughs> Destiny City Comics in Tacoma, which those of you who know the the region, that's not that far. I can get there, but not during COVID. Uh, it has them in stock. And the reason that I know Destiny does is because uh, indie wrestler and trainer to the stars, Ethan HD, is the owner, and he was... uh Very kind enough to put the, put up the pictures of the comics in his shop on the interweb. So, uh, it's in stores. You can go, you can go get it or you can order it on Amazon. You can get, it's time to eat like a luchador. And, uh, so I'm super excited about this, but Miranda was the one who was hearing a little more about this. So I'm going to let you talk a little bit about the three parts of this book.
3: Yes, and speaking of how you find this, I myself had pre-ordered this book through Amazon, so if you are not able to find a bookstore near you, uh, you can just simply go to Amazon and you can pre-order the book, um, it's going to be in some stores already, uh, but it's anticipated to be in stores and available online on June 1st. But Again, pre orders are available pretty much anywhere, um, like Barnes and Noble's, Target, and Walmart, as well as Amazon. And there was an interesting way of describing this cookbook, and this is directly from Mass Republic, um, because, you know, you think about, am I ever going to need this cookbook? Me and myself, I don't really cook. Uh, but when I saw this description of the book, it made me think twice. It is listed as one part cookbook. One part Lucha Libre reference book filled with stories, bios, and profiles on top legends, icons, and superstars. And one part photography book. It is a recipe for awesomeness. So if you maybe are just not a fan of cooking, that's okay, because you're going to see lots of awesome photography. You're going to find some great information and stories from, you know, top luchadores and luchadoras um, in wrestling. And, you know, I think it's just going to be a really, really fun book to to have. So, um, again, if you are not a, a chef by any means, don't worry because there is way more to this book than just recipes.
2: Well, I wanted to to mention on that too because we talked with Jerry on our show, Jerry Villagrana, about the f- amazing photographs on it in it. So there's uh there's even more that didn't make it in, but mm-hmm. I've seen we've seen some of the previews of stuff that's in there. There's some amazing photographs and unsolicited when we were talking about the destiny city having it one of our local photographers said that a friend of his did several photos in it too and what he's seen is amazing too so we're getting endorsements all over the place from the photography world saying this is a great book for photos of luchadors and lucha libre events so you know again if you're not cooking but you really want a, a beautiful book because i mean the cover is beautiful the and all the the pictures inside are, are beautiful you know it's it's going to be a great great piece to have around and it maybe it'll convince you to try out something simple i'm sure there's something super, super easy in there that even even i could cook
3: that's what I'm hoping for, because I, again, am not a chef by any means, but there's some really, it sounds like awesome recipes, both sweet and savory, um, intricate and simple. And, yeah, if you go to Master Republic's uh, Instagram, uh, there is a shot of them rapidly going through the book. And you see all the pages just full of colorful photos, graphics designs and so it is really well worth, um, you know, the, the price and also just the ability to, you know, have some Something just so awesome that is just beyond luchadors in a wrestling ring, getting to know them behind the scenes. And, again, in lots of cultures and customs, food is a connector. Food is how you express love, how you connect with other people, how you share about yourself and your, and your stories. And so this is an awesome, mm-hmm. perfect blend of all of those things.
2: Well, I... Again, I'll just uh throw back to this. We got a little taste of that connection and that style of thing that they were going for in the preview they did at the last virtual Expo Lucha with Selena De La Renta and her mom doing the recipe. Uh clearly Selena uh, is is uh culinarily challenged like we are, so you know, it, you can but you can get a little tease of that too if you go back and watch Expo Lucha Virtual. hmm
3: Again, pre-orders are available now. The book comes out June 1st. And speaking of people who are featured in this cookbook, we have this week's NXT. And I say that because someone who was on NXT this week is featured in the Eat Like a Luchador cookbook. We'll get to that in a second. Uh But... A path episode, so last week we didn't get too much, this week as we had predicted, uh, we got a lot more. Starting off with the first match, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez facing Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Commentary mentioned that the winners of this match could be in place to get an NXT Women's Tag Team title shot. Um, and so with this match starting off, you had glimpses of Raquel Gonzalez and really utilizing her strength, but Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart have grown to be such a dynamic team, and they knew that they had to be in sync and had rapid fire movements pretty much the majority of this match. So it made it very hard to catch up to them. Um, we did have some moments where, actually we have a few moments throughout the match where Raquel Gonzalez had to save Dakota Kai. Several times. One of them was when she uh, got to pull Dakota um, out of the ring to save her from a sharpshooter from uh, Shotzi Blackheart. Um, And then we also had a, a moment where. Um, Raquel saved Dakota, um, when they were kind of going for like a, uh, doomsday, uh, device type of maneuver. Uh, we saw that Shotzi was going up onto the top rope and Ember had Dakota Kai on her shoulders. Uh, but Raquel just grabbed Dakota from, uh shot her from ember's shoulders and brought her down um there was a really interesting sequence towards the end where ember Moon reversed the single arm power bomb into a stunner. The commentary mentioned it was a uh um a, some kind of eclipse, not really an eclipse it really looked more like a a stunner um but some kind of um modified eclipse um but that was what. You know, they needed to get Dakota, I mean, to get Raquel out of the ring, um, and they were able to pin Dakota Kai for the win. Um, and Raquel was angry after this, um, attacking, uh, Shotzi and Ember. Well, mainly Shotzi out, uh, in the barricade, um, at the end of the match. So Raquel was angry and who knows if this is going to lead to maybe, some dissension between her and Dakota because again several times throughout this match Raquel had to save Dakota um and Dakota got the pin so who knows if this is going to lead to a breakdown between their partnership which seems very natural at this point in time
2: Mm -hmm. I'm also hoping we get a little bit of a program with Raquel and uh And Shotzi out of this, too. Absolutely.
3: I mean, Shotzi was a great number one contender uh, when she faced Io Shirai. I think that was very, very promising. And I hope to see that again. It seems like, you know, Shotzi's still going to be in this tag team contendership because they don't really have a lot of tag teams uh, right now. So they're really going to rely on that. But I do think at at some point you have to broaden your horizons with, you know, your competitors for the women women's uh, championship and i think shotzi would be a great competitor for dakota or for uh, keep saying dakota for raquel absolutely speaking of former number one contenders mercedes martinez had a match um she specifically pointed out that she knows that she has to work her way back to the top to try and face raquel gonzalez again and she started with zeta ramir um this match was pretty short, um, where she um, hit a running knee to set up the Air Raid crash for the win. Um, and Zayda Ramirez, to her credit, you know, smaller in size, but had some real oomph to her, um, did a great crossbody from the top rope, and had a lot of spirit, but... You know, one, there was definitely a size uh, advantage from Mercedes Martinez, experience advantage. And just in general, you know, now she's starting from the bottom, moving her way back up. So she just had really um, just more aggression coming into her. But it looks like she may be feuding with someone else because after she won, uh, the, the ring filled up with smoke and the Tian Sha mark was on her hand uh oh boy. which is uh the mark of um I forgot her name Shia Lee.
2: For her,
3: oh, Yeah, for uh, Zia um and so it looks like she may be coming up against her sometime soon up next As featured in the Eat Like a Luchador book, uh, known as Taya Valkyrie at the time. Now, Frankie Monet had her world debut match against Cora Jade. And to me, this felt like, I mean, same uh, gear that we've always seen her in, same look. So that was kind of nice for uh, Taya Valkyrie fans, as we were so worried about, you know, they changed her name. Were they going to possibly change up her look and it seemed like there were definitely shades of, of Taya Valkyrie in this match. Um. With her gear, with her moveset, uh, there was a point in the match where she was getting just so pumped up. She said, don't, you don't want to mess with Huera Loca. And the fact that they're really allowing her to use that as, you know, one of her monikers, um, I think is great. And I think is allowing her to still be who we know as Taya Valkyrie, but in a different way as Frankie Monet, who's a little bit more flashy. Um, you know, a little bit more Hollywood, a little bit mixed of, you know, Elle Woods and Kim Kardashian type of thing. It's, it's great. Um, but she was able to hit her finishing maneuver, which they have. As they listed the Glam Slam uh, for the win and a, just a really impressive showing. Cora Jade again, I think they're doing great things with these types of matches. Even though it wasn't necessarily back to back, but you had kind of two big women squash matches um, that happened. I kind of would have loved to see, you know, having Mercedes have a squash match, Frankie Monet have a squash match eventually for them to cross paths um, and have maybe this be kind of a, an initial feud for Frankie Monet. Who knows? I think they've been teasing a lot of Frankie's uh, interactions with a lot of the NXT women's locker room to kind of leave it open for who could
2: be <laughs> she's next. Been, she's been making no friends, which is yeah. classic time. That's kind of what she did an impact to. Yeah. Yeah. You, you mentioned her looking more Hollywood, but you didn't mention specifically Hollywood, uh, Her her recently eaten... By a zombie husband, so, you know, just saying that there's a Hollywood connection that's much closer to home.
3: There is, just, they haven't mentioned it, there's not a whole lot of continuity in it, but, you know, it's, it is, it is what it is. Johnny, Johnny Drip Drip. Um, Johnny Drip Drip. Yeah. My favorite. I like it, I like it more than the books. There, I I said it, I said it, I said it. Yeah. Um, I,
4: I like that his hair is tall because it's full of his secrets.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh yeah, but I, I you know I think like seeing Frankie Monet in this match like it is it's Taya, so I feel for me and I'm sure some fans are have a sense of relief of like WWE at the least at this point in NXT is not trying to change her, they're trying to elevate. Her. And I think that she's bringing all the pieces to the the table of what has made her successful. Now she just has a bigger platform and showing it.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's what I was hoping for when we – we were talking about this when we were speculating where we were going to go. And, like, this is what I was hoping for because NXT has been good on that. They take indie stars and let them be the indie stars that they were on a bigger platform. Mm-hmm. So – yeah. I'm oh, glad they're sticking with that. With
3: yes, I think so. You know, know that uh, her recipe and she is featured on Eat Like a Luchador um, in that cookbook. So if you are a Thai Valkyrie fan or now in this case Frankie Monet fan, make sure you check out that book. But continue to check out her work in NXT. Up next. Something kind of interesting. I remember when I saw this, I said, oh, this is interesting, but I know you guys have kind of already predicted this. Bronson Reed uh, came out to celebrate his win of becoming the North American champion. He did that by beating Johnny Gargano in a cage match last week. And, of course, any celebration would not be a celebration without someone interrupting him. And this time it was Santos Escobar and Legado de Fantasma. And Santos came out pretty much, you know, typical heel, saying that Bronson was not worthy of this championship. That technically, this should be held by someone in North America, even though Canada doesn't count apparently, um, <laughs> by someone who was American or Mexican.
0: So
2: naturally,
0: that
3: I just remember I was like, Joaquin, what are you doing? <laughs>
0: He's
2: yeah, a no, dumb
3: one. He right? <laughs> is that is that what his aesthetic is?
2: I don't know. He's sir. pretty. I mean, I don't. It, I don't know that he's supposed to be dumb, but he's well, very that's true, pretty. Because
3: Santos did say that they agreed that Canada does not count. So. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is here, but we did we we did have pretty much Santos coming up to to the table saying he wants an opportunity at the North American Championship, and so this is now the next big thing we were speculating on. Where does Santos go? And it's great to see him. As much as he did a wonderful job as cruiserweight champion and elevated that title to in, in leaps and bounds. It is time to see, you know, what what next opportunity lies ahead. And, Brendan, you were mentioning this um, earlier in the week that it does make sense if, you know, they took the, the belt off Johnny Gargano to Bronson Reed that Bronson may not be having this title for that long.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it, NXT uh, can never fully predict because they're much better about it. Uh, they've been using that as a high-profile belt for, for people that are really they're really elevating, and that could be Bronson Reed absolutely, but it also makes sense to put it on a, on a the really kind of up-and-coming baby face have him hold it for a little while and put some major heat on somebody to take it away from them and there's nobody in a better position for that right now than than Santos
3: and then the main event uh, this is the rematch: Carrying Cross versus Finn Balor. Cross versus Balor two for the NXT Championship. And I seem I liked this match more than the first one, and I don't know why exactly. I, I don't know if it was the buildup that made it feel bigger, uh, but it also seemed very definitive in the direction that they really want to go in with NXT, which is. Carrion Cross is the future. Um, and you know, you really saw how dominant Carrion Cross was really throughout the match. Ben Balor had some uh, you know, moments where he was able to maneuver his way through uh some of the the moves of Carrion Cross. Um and you got to see some very, you know, classic Finn Balor moves, like of course, like the the sling blade, um and you know, but I think when it came to, especially what we saw outside of the ring with Karrion Kross just throwing Finn Balor into that barricade, um, just really just like violently, <laughs> uh, uh, just slamming him and then putting him up in that powerbomb position to then slam his back on there. Um, you know, the wasteland went to the announce table, you know, and then just kind of that, that pure dominance in the ring. Again, this one too is different because you, you didn't quite know how the, the ending was going to go. You don't know if he was going to do it with the Saito suplex or if they was going to do it with that big forearm to the back. They kind of teased that, but he ended up passing out to the cross jacket. So uh this one again that the pass out by submission to me makes it feel so definitive that this chapter is over you know cross is your champion will be your champion and he's going to be as sometimes you hear about it in movies or in trilogies the big bad Um, Or in video games, actually The Big Bad Um, And Finn Balor Well, who knows what's going to happen with Finn Balor There's definitely speculation that he's going to be moving back onto Raw or SmackDown And now that WWE has announced live shows, it's very possible that his return happens during one of those live shows, which would be big for, you know, crowds coming back. So you have a twofold there where, you know, you set your path now with Karrion and you then prepare Finn Balor for a big return. But that is it in this week's NXT A preview for next week. We are going to see Legado de Fantasma versus MSK for the NXT Tag Team Championships. So it's a big night for Legado de Fantasma next week as they inch their way closer to Tag Team Gold. That is this week in NXT. Don't forget, results are available on LuchaCentral.com. Brendan, you have some Ring of Honor news
2: for us. Oh, yeah. So, uh, first off, uh, on TV this week, we didn't have a lot of Lucha Libre content. We did have Rocky Romero, who we also got to see on AEW this week. So, one of the first times that it wasn't, WWE wasn't involved in the seeing two wrestlers in the same week. But, uh, it, Rocky, Romero tends to have more of a New Japan style, so if you're really looking for a heavily lucha influenced match, this wasn't it. It's still a good match. Rocky Romero is always entertaining, uh, but uh, the bigger news is the survival of the fittest pairings were announced for the first round, and we have three people that are very, very lucha in the in the first in the opening round. One of them is guaranteed to make it through because, for some reason, ROH thinks that it's a good idea to put two luchadors to get gets through to the next round. So, uh, Flamita, Ray Horus, and Bandito in the survival of the fittest. Now, the idea here is that each of these people are going to have one match, and then we'll have uh, to get into it, and then we'll have a six-person match where the winner will. Uh, be elevated for a chance at the world title. These are all people that have never had singles gold in in our. Oh, expecting that any of our luchadors are going to be the ones that win. But I also wouldn't be shocked if, say, Bandito comes out near the top of this. Mm-hmm. But the pairings we have in the first round, we have Bandito. And, of course, I've got a thing right in front of me there. Bandito versus Bateman uh, for one of the matches. So that's the uh, the probability here in my estimation is that Bandito will go through. But Bateman represents a really brutal and cheaty faction. So who knows? There could be some some things. And I wouldn't be offended if Bandito got some television time feuding with that whole faction. So could be interesting. The other one, the one that, uh, made me upset, cause why do we need to do this? This is part of Survival of the Fittest. We were already gonna get this as part of the program. You have Flamita versus Ray Horace. Like, we already know that those two are going to have to wrestle each other after the way Flamita broke up with Mexi Squad. So, but we're getting it here in the first round of, of Survival of the Fittest. Uh, I, I'm going to that flamita will probably go through because it makes more sense for him to get a big win right now since he's the one that broke away but like i say the good news is we're guaranteed one of them makes it into the six man match and there's not a bad answer to that like both of them could be very good in that match so uh that is our our feel our lucha related field for survival of the fittest the uh, the full brackets are up on ROH's website. Uh, if you if you are curious, uh, and then um, feel free to talk to me or anybody else about how you feel about these matches too. I I am uh, I don't know how do you guys feel about putting Parent off or in the opening round of this.
4: Uh, I'd like to see it, but at the same time, if they're going to move forward, I think it would be more interesting in a second round yeah. matchup, because mm-hmm. it would add more drama to the moment.
3: Yeah, I mean, we kind of saw this in the Dusty Cup uh, in NXT, when you had Lucha House Party yep. versus La de Fantasma, and yep. even though it was kind of a bummer to be like, man, you know, they're meeting up in a second round matchup, and we wish we could have seen them go a little further it adds it did add more drama, the fact that we were able to see that a little bit further in um the brackets, so yeah, I would have loved to see that maybe in a second round, but you know, um, I think they kind of it to me it's like I kinda like styles clashes and matches, so the fact that they went with you know two styles that are the same. <laughs> You know, but yeah. it's also going to be an amazing match. Like it's going to be a very, very good match. Yeah. So I feel like, um, in and of itself, with some of the drama behind it, it, it didn't necessarily need a second round matchup to to build up the drama. But I think it would have greatly benefited from it, and it would have put at least the luchadors in a slightly better position to have more than one representative move on to the right. next
2: round. Yeah, and it's all Mexico squad too. There's no LFI, uh, so
3: because they're technically kind of still suspended, right? Is the suspension thing
2: still? Uh, that's the suspension thing. I don't know if they I think they're off suspension by the time the, the match would take place. Yeah, but I mean, maybe that's an interesting, interesting perspective.
3: I can can I just do a quick plug for women's divisions Wednesday yep
0: go right ahead please
3: yes so we don't necessarily have any lucha content for women division Wednesdays this week but As we've all mentioned, we're very near and dear to our independent wrestling promotion roots. And this week on Women Division Wednesday, we had Angelina Love versus Maserati. Maserati is a West Coast staple based out of Las Vegas, Nevada. She is the current FSW Women's Champion, a championship that used to be held by tie Valkyrie so very prestigious bell. also was held by uh a Lacey Ryan also known as Zoe Stark in NXT Just saying Um, So a very prestigious belt She was featured in a great match against Angelina Love And she did receive her golden ticket So she is going to be a part of the tournament this summer Um, Maserati is just a fantastic performer and wrestler She can do it all Um, She's faced luchadors She's faced, of course, other women She's wrestled men I mean, she can do it all Um, Singles tag team So I am so excited for her So excited for the platform Platform of ring of honor to provide independent wrestling talent and opportunity to shine and she will though be in a lucha show uh, later this summer and this is kind of a crossover indie roundup news we'll release more information as we get oh. it as in miranda finds out more information but lucha oh. boss here in arizona in the phoenix area is putting together a show the carnival lucha on july 18th which is going to feature angelico hammerstone el dragón uh, black widow and maserati so she will be performing at that lucha show on july 18th in phoenix arizona so she is really multi-talented she can wrestle so many styles and I'm just, as a avid fan of hers, as someone who's watched her wrestle, someone who's announced for her, it is awesome to see independent talent like her get the opportunity to be part of the Ring of Honor Women's Tournament.
2: Yeah, I, I can echo a lot of the endorsements. I've seen, being West Coast, I've seen a lot of Maserati as well. Uh, she's never failed to be entertaining and... Engaging, which is really a thing that's very important to uh, to to all wrestling, but I mean that's the the women are judged more on it, and uh, so therefore it's really something that kind of comes you need to you notice right away when when somebody has it.
3: Yeah, it really is. So that's just their plug-in, not super lucha related, but you know I'm always gonna find some tie-ins to lucha libre. I'm always going (laughs) to find that loophole. But continue to stay tuned to Ring of Honor. Of course, the Fittest, Survival of the Fittest Tournament will be uh, starting in two weeks. Of course, we continue to have uh, Women's Division Wednesdays. So we'll continue to see those announcements as who's a part of those shows and also who's going to be part of the championship tournament um, that's happening later this summer. So up next, Dusty, go ahead and take us through this weekend Lucha Libre history.
4: Yeah, that's right. It's time for this week in Lucha Libre history. Be sure to check in at LuchaCentral.com every single day for this day in Lucha Libre history by Pep Carrera. He's got information, birth dates, anniversaries, matches of the day, amazing videos, and even more. And it's all about Lucha Libre. That's at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. This week, we chose May the 31st, 2013, when La Sombra defeated Shinsuke Nakamura in a two-out-of-three falls match for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. This was a great match. Like, the first two falls... So good. Yeah, yeah. so... So good.
3: entertaining. Sorry, we just couldn't help it. Sorry, go ahead.
4: Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> the, the first two falls went pretty much exactly how you expect a match like this to go. Nakamura took the first fall with a very basic avalanche landslide. La Sombra then, you know, he kind of got his rhythm together, picked up the second fall with a cross arm German. And then we had the second half of the match. And the second half <laughs> was they just uh, tried to one-up each other the entire time, each one trying harder and harder to get the win. And the biggest surprise of the match for me was that Nakamura actually went for a dive. It's very mm-hmm. rare to see Nakamura dive, especially at that time, and he hit a corkscrew pesca, pes, pescado, sorry, style dive that really connected nicely. Like it was unique for the match. That was very cool to see him pull that out. But eventually, Lasombra was able to reverse a Bomayay attempt into a roll up, and then he rolled that into a one-armed folding power bomb to pick up the big win yeah. and the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. What an incredible match. Like the the whole yeah. match is on YouTube and you get the intros, mm-hmm. you get the the contest winner before the match who gets to meet La Sombra. It was really cool and like oh such a good match. What did you think about it, Brendan?
2: Well, uh, so we're going to have some random mentioned earlier that she likes Clash of Styles, and I was smiling to myself when she said that because I knew this was coming up. This is one of the – that's kind of the big story in this one. Uh, where Shinsuke was, was doing – when he was doing well in the match, he was sticking with his strong style, and then he mm-hmm. he tried to bust out some Lucha moves, and that's usually when, uh, when La Sombra would – get the advantage and the same thing like when La Sombra slipped a little too much into that strong style is when Shinsuke would get the but they both tried to switch styles and uh multiple times in this which is one of my favorite things to see um I I loved all of that I, and uh just an interesting little side note here about where we're at uh with Losombra in this is this is La Sombra and he did come out with Caristico as his second um, okay, I need, I need to, uh, I need to, to set the stage a little better on this. This is a, this was in CMLL. Almost all championship matches that happen in Arena, Mexico with a CMLL banner are two out of three falls with seconds. So you have somebody out there to represent you. It's not like, uh, an American match where you're, it, it's a guaranteed uh heel manager on one side and and they have to be offset by the the person on the other side a lot of the times they're a non-factor sometimes they'll throw the towel in so that the wrestler will have credibility and, and saying that he didn't submit himself but uh having Caristico and in 2013 this is um Muño's brother Caristico so it's Rush's brother uh with him kind of so, help me remember realize this was when he was they were still trying to make la sombra a baby face and it worked in this match because shinsuke was being a real evil and uh foreign invader and the fans didn't want to like him but uh, a lot of that, that that kind of style of booking is why we got the uh, ingo Barnoble's later uh, I'm hogging all the time. Miranda, what did you want to no, say? No, I this I one? think
3: just echoing <laughs> how this was truly a clash of of styles, and the intros were one my favorites. Like that, I think what drew me as far as like this apocalyptic, you know, look almost like Roar, road warrior esque but harder look from La Sombra with the kind of the contrast of the more simple um, kind of red cloak over the face of Nakamura. But then Nakamura had all that kind of red body paint over him, which, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes doesn't work when you have body paint all over because it just gets super messy. Uh, but I do think in this time, and like a lot of times, it helps like only intensify and in how worn out you are throughout the match. And so just those visual aspects of it were really entertaining. I love La Sombra. He had that uh was it moonsault over the top rope over yes. uh into uh onto Shinsuke and that was just like picture perfect, beautiful. Um that was one of my favorite moves of the entire match. And then of course, like you mentioned too, that strong style of Shinsuke, that big uh uh knee, that big running knee. Um and I don't mm-hmm. know if it was the Kinsa, Kins, Kinsasha. Oh my God. I can't even pronounce it. Yeah, that's it. what they call it. it now there, was, there was, was, yeah, yeah, it
4: was yeah. The gay back then. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: And so, um, and that, and that was like brutal. Like that would look hard. So, uh, this is just so cool and almost kind of a sad thing of the things that we didn't get in WWE. Um, just the fact that we never got this type of matchup, um, from them. or just even you know the possibility of it it's kind of like man you see how good it it worked before um and the fact that they were both working for the same company for quite some time and and Mm -hmm. never quite get to that point is a little disappointing but it also is great to see you know their previous match and um just the entire environment uh in some ways, it, like I said, it kind of feels like a missed opportunity. Makes you kind of sad that they never had it. But again, too, with a roster like that, you have tons of talent who've interacted before in other promotions and the independent scene, and all of that. But this one in particular um, was just so entertaining from top yeah. to bottom that it's it's one of those things like, man, you had money there. Why didn't? Why can you do this that?
2: This is this is one of those man. Matches that, even without this, this week in Lucha Libre, I pretty much watch once or twice a year anyway. Mm-hmm. It's one, one of my more favorites of all time. I did, that is one of the notes I made, though. If we'd gotten this in WWE, we wouldn't have gotten anything resembling this match for That's a couple true. of reasons. That's true, very true. Uh, uh, Andrade was very focused when, he, as soon as he arrived in NXT and spoke with, of all people, Alberto Del Rio, about how to get over in America, and he's he was very focused on learning an American style. So he was moving away from doing a lot of the stuff he was doing in this match all the way back at NXT days, and by the time he was on TV, he was very much in a WWE kind of performer mode, and Shinsuke at... Yeah... Once he arrived on the main roster, he also was more like a watered-down version of himself. So I I am uh, in a way I'm kind of glad we didn't get that on the main roster because it would have made me more sad than excited mm-hmm. by with what we got, if that makes sense.
3: No, very fair. Very fair. Well, that was this week in Lucha Libre history. Don't forget to check out luchacentral.com to check out this day in Lucha Libre history and also match of the day, where you can see videos of matches throughout the history of Lucha Libre. But there's so much more on luchacentral.com. So, Brendan, can you tell our listeners what else they can find on luchacentral.com?
2: Absolutely. So, if you're listening to this and A place to have your voices heard, from weekly polls to annual awards, seen and read by top executives and all of the major lucha libre promotions across the globe. Uh, and here it is. This is the the crowning part of this. Uh, every every week, it it's free. You can't beat this price. It's free. So just go to luchacentral dot com. Your centralized place for all things lucha libre. Up next.
3: Dusty, why don't you take us through this week's Raw and SmackDown?
4: Yeah, first up on SmackDown this week, we had Dominic Mysterio with Ray going up against Bobby Roode with Dolph Ziggler. You know, another Friday, another match between the Mysterios and the Dirty Dogs. <laughs> and, I mean, like, this is constant. This time it's a slightly fresher matchup of Dominic and Bobby Roode, but still. Uh, It was a very quick match. It was roughly two and a half minutes long. Bobby Roode started out strong, but he eventually fell victim to the mighty 619, and he lost the match to Dominic. It was not a great match, but I'll take anything where the Mysterios win once in a while. Like They had such a downward streak there that I'm excited to see them winning again. And, but I would, you know, the, my biggest complaint with WWE this week in general is the lack of fresh matchups. But I would love to see the Mysterios and some fresh matchups. They've already beat the Dirty Dogs, like individually as a team. I, I, I do not care to see that pairing again. And then on Monday Night Raw, We had Sheamus versus Humberto Carrillo again. Much like SmackDown, Raw likes to bring us only the freshest and most unique in matchups. So they gave us Sheamus versus Humberto Carrillo for like the fifth time. And this was another very quick match, roughly three and a half minutes. Sheamus got a dirty win by holding the tights during the pinfall. But afterwards, Ricochet came out hit a springboard moonsault and a springboard 450. He looked fantastic. Umberto hit a moonsault and looked fantastic. I'm not sure if this is leading to a tag team pairing between these guys, but if it is, I would kind of love that. Like, they've been directionless, both of them, and Raw could use some solid tag team depth, and I feel like their kind of high-flying offense against a team like RK-Bro, for instance, would be really unique and interesting to me. And so I hope this pairing, at least between them, is the beginning of something more and just not the enemy, you know, if my enemy is my friend type Mm. of thing. So we'll see. Also this week, and a rare, I haven't seen it yet. I just saw the announcement. It came out today, and I didn't have time to catch it. But WWE main event had a rare two-out-of-three falls match between um, Ali and Ricochet with Ricochet winning. So that would be interesting to check out. I'll have a review of that next week, but wanted to mention that that Ricochet seemed to be having a good week in WWE this week. So maybe we'll see something change for him, maybe a little upward momentum for him out of all of this. Uh,
2: We'll have to wait until after his third week of it. (laughs) Yes.
4: (laughs) That's very true. Yeah, they have a history of doing something with him for about three weeks, and then you never see him again, or at least not for a while. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's a WWE problem in general, honestly. It's become an AEW problem, too. But if they could just develop some consistency for these guys and some consistent motivation, it would be a much better product. So, I I don't know. I, I hope the tag team pairing does something for both of them. I hope that it's a positive thing. WWE loves to put random guys together, like the Dirty Dogs put two singles guys together when they're really not doing anything great, see how a tag team works. We got RK-Bro as another example of that. So who knows? Maybe they'll work well together. I'm excited to see the pairing. They're both very good at what they do and have a very innovative high-flying offense that could be interesting together. So we'll see. WWE's not really known for giving us what we want, though.
2: Yeah. No. No they're not
3: <laughs> Well thank you for this week in WWE Don't forget you can get the results For Raw and Smackdown on LuchaCentral.com Up next we have this week in Impact Wrestling And a pretty interesting development that Happened on this week's show We had X Division champion Josh Alexander once again team up With Petey Williams to face TJP And fallaba. An interesting storyline aspect is that Fala Ba had been kind of in debt uh, To Johnny Swinger uh, After Gambling at Johnny Swinger's uh, Illegal casino Parlor parlor that he has backstage Uh, But apparently TJP Paid off Alaba's debt in order for him to, to team up with him again uh, to face Josh Alexander and Petey Williams. So what a good friend. Uh, but the interesting aspect of this match is that TJP hit the Mamba Splash on Josh Alexander to get the win. So with that, Impact Wrestling has made the announcement that next week on BTI, that is before the Impact, we are going to get a 60-minute Iron Man match between TJP and Josh Alexander for the exhibition championship, and I think this is a good utilization of before the Impact B.T.I., which is kind of their pre-show. Um, they've been having matches, uh, kind of like dark matches, um, but there hasn't been a whole lot of continuity. With them, I mean, they've been able to kind of continue with storylines through it, but it's also been kind of happening in its own world. Um, but it's similar to, I would say, to Dark in the sense that you have matches on there um, that you don't have on your main show, um, but they're somehow slowly tying back to main storylines you see on Impact Wrestling on Thursdays. But, I mean, it is a 60-minute show, so to use that whole hour for this Iron Man match, and it is the first in Impact Wrestling, I think is a very interesting way to use that show. Um, so that's happening next week, and I'm definitely interested to see that match. I think both are really, really amazing. Um, And again, I talk about a difference in styles, like very different styles with TJP, you know, with his world experience and training really all over the world, but definitely good stint in Lucha um, compared more to the very technical style of Josh Alexander is going to be very interesting to see how they last in a 60 minute Ironman match. We also had Decay, the team of Black Taurus and Crazy Steve, face the new team of Johnny Swinger and Hernandez, um, which I believe they're being called Hernandaddy. Um, it just
2: oh, yes, okay, <laughs> yes.
3: just just yes, Hernandaddy is what from my notes, from what I understand, is this new team name. Um, uh. Or at least what swinger's calling Hernandez, which gosh, I don't know uh but you uh it, black Taurus and crazy Steve got the win um, and this was from Taurus throwing um elbows uh back to uh and tagging Steven. um to put a DDT um, on Swinger. So, you know, who knows if this is going to be a longer storyline, but Black Taurus continues to be a pivotal member of Decay, getting wins here and there. Uh, But it also, it's impact wrestling. He's maybe doing some silly stuff uh, with this new uh, story, maybe possibly with Johnny Swinger and Hernandez. But it's also good to see Hernandez, you know, he's really been utilizing these more storyline backstage-esque type of uh programs really for over the past year now so this is the first time we've seen him in a match in quite some time on uh thursdays and so i think anything that can get you in an interesting storyline on tv maybe may be worth it um but that is this week on Impact Wrestling. Up next some quick news from MLW. Uh first we did have the open draft again. Um it happens every Thursday and announced as far as a re-sign, Gringo Loco has re-signed to MLW. Not a big surprise, but um uh, I think he's at a perfect platform in MLW. He continues to really be part of this kind of face lucha scene in MLW, and who knows, with now this uprise in Azteca Underground, he may be one of those wrestlers who can kind of move a little seamlessly between MLW and Azteca Underground um as someone who you know can wrestle in a traditional MLW ring but also with that lucha libre background he may be you know some of the first wrestlers we see in Azteca Underground so i'm very interested to see if he's going to be utilized by both entities is the way i'm going to call it cuz we still don't have confirmation what Azteca Underground quite is yet but also in MLW this week, MLW Underground um, this week showed a match, uh, Huvin Guerrero versus Jimmy Wang, or Jimmy Yang, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so an old uh, match between Huvi and Jimmy Yang on MLW Underground. I haven't seen this match, but Brandon, I think you have.
2: Yeah, Dusty and I both watched it. Um, Dusty had some interesting notes that it's uh you referenced jimmy wang yang from wwe yes, which is yes. where most people would probably know him that was um that but massive. it's <laughs> yeah but it, it it leads nicely into the fact that it's this is a very different style of match for him it's a lot more um there's a lot more hard-hitting action in it like that you would you would expect with this was for the uh a junior heavyweight championship tournament but you would expect there'd be a lot of high flying and there was there was a good amount of it but there was a lot of big forearms and heavy duty suplexes and and uh i mean lots of uh what you would consider more heavyweight style out of both of these men in this and and that added a lot to the the action um dusty you have a couple notes on this match
4: Oh, we can't. I think you're mute. Yeah, I was just really (laughs) surprised at the Jimmy Yang that we got in this match. He was, I mean, if we had gotten this Jimmy Yang in WWE, like, like, I know that he was kind of over as a comedy character, but, like, he was really good. Like, I was shocked how good, like, I knew he was good, but, like, it was a much better match than I expected, and... Hoy, at this time, this was you know before the Mexicos thing happened, and after w c w and so he wasn't in a great place as being hireable or seen as a desirable hire necessarily at this time, so it was interesting to me that these two guys were able to put on such an incredible match that I had never heard of before.
2: Yeah, I'm really appreciative that MLW is putting up these older matches because I didn't have access to this show. I heard some interesting things about right. this promotion called MLW at the time, but I couldn't find it anywhere.
4: Yeah, I, I had no way of seeing it back then. And so I there was a Vampiro promo on this episode, too. And, like, I missed that whole era of Vampiro just because I wasn't able to see this back then. And yeah. the Internet wasn't what it is now like you can find results but not the matches so it's really interesting yeah and exciting to be able to go back and see these things
2: and for 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 fans of that kind of this kind of thing the vampiro promo is is building a cm punk vampiro feud Mm -hmm. so i'm going to be watching these upcoming episodes of just to see more of that play out too Sorry, we've we've hijacked you again, Miranda. Yeah.
3: It's the theme of this show, we're doing it live and we're hijacking. And that's okay, because at least we have a theme this week, yeah. which we did not intend to do, but I guess we did. No, and I think it's such a great uh, – that's what I think MLW is fairly smart with these underground episodes. It's because, you know, they have such a rich history that a lot of fans don't know about, especially those who have that fandom tied to ECW – There's a reason why they're going to the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia for their debut show in July. It's because they have such that such close association with ECW, but also with wrestlers that maybe had uh, timeframes outside of the WWE or WCW or ECW, whatever that may be. And you got to see them in really unique matches and unique setups. And I think that's kind of MLW continues to be one of wrestling's best kept secrets. Um, and I think that in the direction they're going in with this open draft, with Azteca Underground, with even just, you know, having their shows on on Vice. They're moving in that direction where finally people get to see them. Um, but I also think they do such a great job of honoring their history and, you know, being able to showcase that in MLW Underground is, is awesome. And they've had lots of great Lucha Libre matches featured in previous episodes. And I am sure we're going to continue to see more um, over the next few weeks on Underground. Up next, the final story of this week's episode is kind of an interesting development in NWA. We haven't talked a lot about them since they came back with power. They had their quote-unquote season finale um, this week on Fight TV. And a match they had advertised for that show is a number one contenders match, Thunder Rosa versus Camille. The winner was going to face the NWA Women's Championship at their next pay-per-view on June 6th, When Our Shadows Fall. However, the I, I said was because there was an interesting development as far as the ending of this match. And it was that the match ended in a time limit or, or ended in a, a time limit draw. So we have no winner. We do not know who is going to face uh, Serena Deeb on June 6th at When Our Shadows Fall. Um, and so, and I say even Serena Deeb, but technically Serena Deeb does have an NWA women's match against uh, Rio, uh, I believe for the pre-show of Double or Nothing. Um, still semantics. The point is... And we still don't know who the number one contender is for the NWA Women's Championship. Um, and, you know, when when a match ends in an inconclusive manner, sometimes fans get upset. But this could easily be facing or setting us up for a triple threat match for the NWA Women's Championship, which I think would be great. Um, I think both Thunder Rosa has been such a strong presence in the NWA Women's Championship scene. And anything that she does draws but Camille they're really setting up as the future. She has just an amazing presence about her. She continues to be more confident in the microphone and more confident in the ring that maybe a one-on-one match with Serena Deeb isn't quite, you know, set up yet, but a triple threat match could be what's in the works and I think could be a great way um to settle this. Uh, not only feud but also you know possibly a new nwa women's champion so keep your eyes out i think more news will be coming out soon as to who is going to face the nwa women's championship on june 6th uh their next pay-per-view when our shadows fall it's going to be live on fight tv That is it for this week's edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to check out luchacentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Also, check out Lucha Central on social media, at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram, and at com on Twitter. Go ahead and check out the YouTube page. Lots of amazing content, including exclusive interviews and matches that you're not going to find anywhere else. This week, especially, they had just posted some really cool content that you absolutely have to check out. While you're at it, go ahead and follow us on social media. Dusty, can you let our listeners know where they can find you?
4: Yeah, I am on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy. And I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy.
3: And Brendan, where can our listeners find you?
2: I am all over the place. I am 321 T-Shirt Guy. That's the number, 321 T-Shirt Guy is all spelled out. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, and I'm all over the Twitter.
3: And me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda on Facebook and Instagram. As I mentioned earlier in the show, if you are an independent wrestling fan, promoter, luchador, please reach out to us. Uh, feel free to send us information on your Lucha Libre shows and matches. We would love to hi- highlight them on the Indie Roundup. Again, So barring you are following your local uh, city slash state guidelines and ordinances uh, on having safe uh, shows. But again, You know, everything is opening up, as we even talked about Mexico's still yellow. So we know that more and more shows are going to be happening. But that is also why we want to take the opportunity to try and cover as many independent promotions as possible. So please reach out to us on social media. Let us know uh, of what's happening. But also feel free to reach out to us and let us know your thoughts on the show. Feel free to let us know what you think of the show. Uh, you know what we've talked about, your own comments and thoughts on what we talked about this week. And also, while you're at it, you may be listening to this show on your favorite podcast streaming platform like uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, iTunes, all of that. Go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe and get notifications every time a new episode of the lucha central weekly podcast drops go ahead and leave us a five-star review and a rating and give us a review let us know your thoughts on the show we would love to hear them out for brendan Barr and dusty murphy i'm miranda morales thank you so much for listening and we will be back with you next week <laughs>